I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the films of 1999 from Funky Town here in 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. And I'm Phil Iscove. And I assume none of you got that reference. It's a reference to something that happened to Doug's first movie, which we're doing entirely <laughs> because our good friend, Teddy Theodore Bressman, has an animated show on sci-fi called The Pole. It's really funny. And we also wanted him to come and talk about the art of animation. We've done True. so many animated show movies already that his options were Doug's first movie or the version of The King and I that Phil and I decided was too cursed to even acknowledge its existence. It is cursed. It's so here you cursed. go, Teddy. Wax poetic on Doug's first movie. I, I, feel, I feel like... I was on this show. A, it's so great to see you guys just crushing it. But I, I feel like I was on the show like maybe two and a half years ago at this point. And I was like, it seems, and we're doing that weird Dennis Rodman movie. And I was uh, like, I think it's time that you guys picked another year. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing Doug's first movie. I mean, uh, what's worse, though? I mean, I got to be honest. I thought that the Dennis Rodman film, which is escaping me right now, Simon Says, is definitely better than Doug's first movie. It's one of, one of the worst movies I've ever seen, Doug's first movie. Yeah. It's also Doug's last movie. That's was, true. I was watching with my niece and nephew who are like nine and seven, yeah. and they were pitching me story <laughs> fixes. Yeah. And they were right. <laughs> my, my kids tapped out 20 minutes into it. And it's like it was... There's, there's, it's a rough ride. So let's talk about Doug. I feel like we need to now just acknowledge yeah. DMX. Uh, <laughs> well, we should yeah. acknowledge that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I mean, uh, I, he, here's my question, guys, because, and I mentioned this to Kenny uh, on text as we were watching Doug's first movie. I, I didn't know Doug. I don't know Doug. He doesn't mean anything to me because uh, I am from Canada. As people know, I'm from Toronto, and I'm not sure that Doug made it over the border. Um, neither did got really caught up, uh, got caught up at customs. He got caught up at customs. They were like, no, thank you. We're good. Yes, um, we, but it's, we, it, we are a country full of Dugs. We do not need another Doug. <laughs> we don't need another Doug. We have so many Dugs up here already. Uh, yeah. So Doug is meaningless to me. So on top of this film being just insufferably boring, uh, it also 
it's not even a character that that resonated with me. I'm assuming you guys know Doug. I know him a little too well, I think. <laughs> I I feel like I know him and don't at the same time. <laughs> he is unknowable. He's a little unknowable. Yeah, I definitely watched the, that series like I'm I was excited to start watching it because I was like, oh my god, I, like I but then even the theme song, which in my opinion is the best part of the show, <laughs> they like juiced up in a way, way for like like a, in a cinematic scory way that immediately I was like, I don't think you're gonna get this right, Doug Creator. I'm gonna do my uh, my type five. Yeah, his do name it, is do Jim, Jim Jenkins, but I'm gonna do my type five on Doug. Okay, and try to give a and I, I have a lot of thoughts about Doug. So, uh, Doug, for those of you who don't know, was a Nicktoon. He was one of the first three Nicktoons, along with Rugrats and Ren and Stimpy. Um, Rugrats <laughs> and Ren and Stimpy, like, really kind of exploded on the national zeitgeist to some extent. Ren and Stimpy you know, was kind of a lot of people's exposure to kind of this gross humor that kind of became SpongeBob. Rugrats had movies and movies were very successful. They had well-defined characters. They had interesting storylines. They had flights of fancy that made sense within the context of the world. Rugrats was a very successful show. Doug was the third one. Doug was, I want to say kind of like the, you know, the, the redheaded stepchild of the operation, but not really. Because there wasn't really a redheaded stepchild. The three of them were always marketed together. They were presented as equals. And everybody watched Doug. And I can't can't explain how this happened or why this happened outside of a lack of options. But everybody watched it. Now, furthermore, Doug, there is nothing from Doug that's like really like memorable Except for um, a few things, like Doug, as you saw, Phil, Doug is kind of a wacky show, right? It's a like wacky. It's kind. It, it has some wacky elements that we can get into sure. as we go forward. Not as wacky but, as Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy's fucking out there. Ren and Stimpy lives to be crazy, right? Yes, like yes, Doug yes. is just a little like quirky, but like of all the names for a superhero, calling him Quail Man, they think they're being clever there, but it's all apropos of nothing. So. So what's the, the beats? What's, what are I was the, say, the beats? The old the beats are the Beatles. It's it's a shitty joke. Oh. But the the only thing that was that that was That's... memorable about Doug was were the beats and their hit track "Killer Tofu." Yeah, which Teddy, I'm sure you can sing. It goes ooh wee Killer Tofu. Yeah, right. Everyone can sing "Killer Tofu." Everyone except for me. Except for you. Uh, there's Skeeter, who is blue. Oh, oh. And the, and the, the actual, the only good character in the show, because most of these characters are very bad and very boring. Very Skeeter, boring. Skeeter's dad had my one of my favorite ticks, which was he couldn't remember words. So he would, he would <laughs> start talking and he'd be like, so we're going to go out to a restaurant and have that thing. It's that meal. It's not lunch. It's not breakfast. It's that. Uh, it's a thing. Uh, supper. He would say the other thing that you weren't expecting. But uh, And he would do it over and over again. That was it. A, that was the best. It's a good bit. It's a good bit. But he would do it over yeah. and over again. That was yeah. the best part of the show. The, the old forgetting words bit. <laughs> First time I'd ever, first time I'd ever been exposed to it as a child. Really, quite an effect on me. So wait, so so, uh, this is Doug. Doug is boring. Doug is lame. Doug is nothing. Crazy nothing. I did some reading into Doug because there is like some nostalgia for him. So, what did people like about Doug? What was the thing? Allegedly, it was because he makes up these fantasy sequences, which just isn't true. I didn't see. Like, there's the quail man, but it was always a very small part of the episode. And he wears his underwear on the outside of his pants. There's nothing here. It was nothing funny. It was nothing interesting. And it didn't actually help him solve problems. And furthermore, so why is Doug, why did Doug resonate? Oh, allegedly, because he's a 12 year old who deals with real world problems. Like, that's new. We did an entire fucking episode on Peanuts and Charlie Brown 30 years Yo. before. This. this is old shit. He is a watered down, dumpy, fucking pear shaped, lame ass, beady eyed version of Charlie Brown. His dog sucks shit. His friends are fucking losers. And anybody who writes for Doug, I am not with you. All right. You're too hard. I don't think I am, man. I don't think he is either, dude. This is, dude. Dude, like, I feel bad for you because like this movie was was worse than the show. 
like this introduction to the mm. Doug universe. Yeah, I, don't, I don't have any yeah, context. Like if I were you, I would no. fully support your decision never to pick up oh. a like pencil and draw your way into the series because right. the movie was like, but I didn't understand this from a, from a, from a writing perspective. Like, and again, this was a note that was passed on to me by my seven year old niece when she said there was too much guy who's the villain of the movie, but guy is not in the show. No. Oh, guy's a new character. It's true. Yes. They literally dispensed of two of the main characters of the show, the villain and his sister. That's not I don't a think Skeeter's thing. parents are in the movie. Skeeter's parents aren't in the movie. That's not a weird. All right, so let's step, take another step back. Teddy, when you say it's worse than the series, that's true. It is worse than the series. How could it not be? It's horrible. Um, <laughs> in 1996, yes. Nickelodeon finally, blessedly, doesn't pick up the option for its, I believe, fifth season and Doug should have just evaporated into the ether. But Disney, which was struggling at the time to to resonate with this audience, particularly young men who apparently, I mean young boys, who apparently liked this show, which isn't even true, bought the show, retitled it, one of the most awkward and cringy titles of all time, Brand Spanking New Doug. Like, <laughs> this is a character who never used the term Brand Spanking banking new it made me sick as a child and it makes me sick today finally they they acknowledged how horrible it was and named it the only thing worse than brand spanking new doug with disney's doug he's not disney's doug everyone knows he's not he doesn't look like disney's doug so every so everything disney did with this character is like forgettable it's like buffy on the upn it's like this stuff doesn't exist right uh right. that but but the Nicktoon stuff also sucked. And there are going to be people who listen to this podcast who are like, no, I remember Doug. Doug was pretty cool. Doug was good. Like that would that meant something to my childhood. No, it didn't. You haven't thought about Doug for fucking well, years. Okay. So let's just – it should be said that the only reason Not this all movie – this good. This, so this, this movie is supposed to be straight to video. Which it obviously feels straight to video. It's, it's only <clears throat> 82 minutes with credits. And – it only comes out because the Rugrats movie comes out in 98 and it's a hit. And they're like, okay, we'll kind of dump this into theaters and see if it works. And by the way, they weren't wrong in doing so. It kind of did okay in terms of the money oh, they it, made back. It grossed in a theater like more than five, like more than $100. So here so so for a little bit of context a just for, more than $100. Here's here's some context, okay? The synopsis of Doug's first movie is the school dance is approaching. Doug is keen to sign, uh, to, to ask Patty to the dance. Uh, later that night, Doug sets out with Skeeter to find proof that there's a monster living in Lucky Duck Lake. Uh, the movie opened on March 26, 1999 in sixth place. It made $1.1 million behind Forces of Nature, Ed TV, Analyze This, The Mod Squad, and Shakespeare in Love, which came out the previous November and outgrossed it yeah, in it, March of the next but year. But it had just one best picture. Sure, still, but still, okay. But I'm just saying, like, anyway, it goes on to it was gross. It like such a new look at Shakespeare. <laughs> it was. That's right. Uh, it goes on to gross $20 million. He was in love this time. Uh, it goes on to gross $20 million on a $5 million budget. That's not a bad return on investment. Uh, worldwide, it cost, but it costs 20 to $25 million to market. So, you You saw that on Wikipedia? No. I went beyond Wikipedia, Phil. There was okay. a big LA Times article about this. Okay. Um, because, it was, because, it, because it was – all right. So the, the thing about the LA Times article that I really – enjoyed reading 20 sure, years sure. later was the LA times was like <clears throat> Disney may just have picked Viacom's pocket of a hundred million dollars. <laughs> and because Rugrats came out and made a hundred million because Rugrats was actually a beloved show that had fans and, and was able to extend beyond their initial premise of a literally a guy writing with his pencil, but like not even as well as fucking Simon. Um, he, <laughs> He <laughs> really they, hates Doug. I, 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 it's a, it's I, a bad I, situation because it is horrible. I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going to ride for I, Doug. I, I, no, but the thing is, like, I didn't expect to come at it with this much vitriol. I thought it would be fine, but like watching my kids' faces as I'm like watching this movie, which is like 
you know, the plot of the movie, for those of you familiar with our podcast, is uh, the Iron Giant, but so fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, the Iron Giant, but bad. Like, the legitimately Giant, really like, bad. So terrible. Like, everything that we, we were like, yeah. like, this is good about the Iron Giant. Like, it's all the worst shit. I mean, um, they, they do deal with pollution, which I guess is something. They deal with, like, it's in, you know. very 90s environmentalism. environmentalism. Very yeah. 90s, like, yeah. like like low-grade, like, pollution is yeah. bad. Yeah, we, and, like, Corporatism totally. good. Are they are they supposed to be like stoned all the time? Corporatism kind bad. of feels that way. It feels that way. I didn't really even pick that up until that one scene where they're just like eating cookies all of a sudden. <laughs> they're like stress eating cookies. I total nonsense. I don't even want to say this. Um, but but uh Regardless, so so the LA Times article talks about been, the right, talks right. about talks about this movie talks about the idea that Rugrats made a hundred million dollars, therefore Doug could make Disney a hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. and then Viacom will look stupid and Disney and will look tanks. brilliant. Yeah. And well, yeah, this this came out before this article was before the movie came out, so there was a sense of optimism behind it. And they're saying exactly what you're saying, which is essentially like small gamble, five million dollar budget. Mm-hmm. They said twenty to twenty-five million. Um, to, to right, so they they lost money on this definitely. to market it worldwide. They yeah. figured with you know with some some DVD sales or whatever they break even, and they probably yeah. did. And like this wasn't a disaster. It can't be a disaster to five million dollar budget. But like as considering this allegedly had a built-in audience, um, this was a disaster. I think, but but also like it's to me, it's just executives not realizing fool's gold, like. This yeah. is this is Veronica's closet. This is what this is Jesse. These are these those nine thirty uh, must see TV Thursday you know shows that had killer ratings because they were fucking between friend, uh, Seinfeld and ER, and then went to go Anchor Tuesday. Lasted a year because no one cared about them. So I that's it. Yeah, I mean what 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 I remember from like like the appeal of the show from just vaguely like considering why I liked it as a kid. Like, I think I found it to be like calming, like, and it made me relaxed. I think watching it, which may be what the appeal was for kids, but I, what, what really rubbed me wrong about the movie. And again, this is, was started in, in like, in a spontaneous conversation I had with my nine-year-old nephew after we finished watching was just like spitballing on how structurally the movie could have been improved. And like, it was a very poorly written movie. Like even the end of the film, like where the monster is exposed, like that is not in front of the love interest who he's trying to like shivel in a way that like is chivalrous, like, protect the monster and it's coming at the cost of like preserving this lie that's ruining his relationship. Like even that was kind of like a last second afterthought. And like, when you think about it, like I wonder if at any point they were like, maybe we shouldn't have the love story of this movie be between a monster who can't speak English and a dog. Well, can I ask a question about the monster? (laughs) I mean, first of all, yes, that is a good idea. But I, but so did the show have a supernatural component to it, or was this sort of a a movie thing? Because the monsters is so is played so poorly, right? Like in the sense of of storytelling, it's it's not scary. It's not like it is. It's it's their friend sort of, but he's just he's so kind of who gives a shit. Like it's not exciting. Like there's yeah. a fucking monster. The Nickelodeon show was, I guess, slightly better. I, I but I really deeply hate this show. But the, the Nickelodeon show was slightly better. But but there but it, was no. It, it was it was like Phil. That's a good point because like the show put him in like bullying situations at school yeah. and like with this guy Roger who disappears from the movie and Roger like is an iconic character like. Whether or not, like, I like, I literally don't remember any anything from the show except I do remember Roger and his sister and his sister and like, like it was like mini adventures, but that a kid could get into. Well, it's it's funny because like I'm watching this and I, we all know the movie's bad, but there, I I gotta say I didn't hate this sort of lo-fi teenage narrative 
that they were going for. So there's a part of me that's like, I can understand why as a television show that might have resonated in the sense of like, these are these are stories that kids can understand and can sort of, you know, have empathy for. He said, all right, so what I was going to say about that a second yeah. ago is yeah. part of the alleged structure of the show is yeah. there's Doug's real life where yeah. normal shit happens mm-hmm. and there's Doug's fantasy life where atypical shit happens. Correct. And this movie, it, I, it doesn't like blur the lines. This movie like drops that and yes. screws it up. Right. So therefore there is no need for his fantasy world. He's now living in a world where he can, you know, house a, a fucking swamp dinosaur. So that like, that blows up anything that they had going before it. But Correct. like the thing about Doug that I don't think anybody should ever ride for is he's like the most he's, – he's the biggest dud of all time. He has no character. He's like all of his wants and, and interests are so fucking low-grade basic. Like he, he's into he, – he wants a girl. He's like kind of a loser. He like has a friend. He has a dog. He likes the fucking – the main fucking band that people likes, he likes ice cream. Like this guy, he has nothing going for him. You know what just settled in for me in a pretty somewhat alarming way? Like I, I just thought to myself, like maybe I was just like such a lame kid. You were a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I definitely like was like I definitely like did identify with him in some ways. Like I never had a dog, but like you, you, I don't know. Know, you know. Why, Teddy? There's a there's a there's a subliminal message in the show. Doug is the tofu. You you are supposed to graft yourself onto Doug, and Doug takes on the flavor of you. You, I know you very well, better than almost anybody. You're not Doug. The last thing you are is a Doug. Thanks, but like, yeah, but he's a fucking blank canvas. The show, we do know each other really well. He is, he is a blank <laughs> canvas. I agree with you, Kenny, in the sense that he just takes on the personalities or or interesting qualities of the people around him. But to your point, Kenny, like he, you know, we've often talked about this, um, maybe more so in television than in features, because it doesn't seem to be as much of an issue in movies as it does in TV. Because in TV, you're looking for the investment. You want people to come back every week. And your your lead character tends to be a little bit bulletproof, tends to be more protected because studios and networks want that lead character to feel that way. This is the extreme example of that, right? Where, like, there's, there's nothing to hold on to. And yeah. everyone in this show, including his fucking dog, is more, in, more interesting than he is. And that's... A fucking problem like well, watching this film is just like i don't care if this guy wins i don't want this guy to win but that's true also yeah. for peanuts yes charlie brown is probably the least interesting character in peanuts but still charlie love him though. brown he yeah. has a fucking he has a story yeah. he has a starting yeah. charlie brown is a lovable loser yeah and they have a personality who's also depressed time. i mean yeah depressed he's yeah exactly He's, 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 yeah. That is exactly what Charlie Brown's thing is. Like life just keeps throwing shit at him, and he keeps waking up in the morning. Whereas Doug just kind of like has a nice relationship with the mayor. Yes. I mean, he, he has a he has a knock on the door relationship with the mayor. <laughs> I mean, come the fuck. He's, he's, it's to me, it's like he's just he's Wonder Bread. Like he's so fucking boring. Like I'm just truly, I hate to keep banging this drum, but, but also like, delicious. Well, with like a peanut butter and jelly as sandwich, a TV show, sure. as a TV show. Oh, a, oh right, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just, I, I, it was, it was shocking to me how, um, how uninvested in this film I was, and how short it was, and that it, my mind wandered so much watching this thing. Phil, they also, they also like completely. Um, shortchanged even the character story that they were going for because like at no point does he act selfishly so it's like they're setting up that he's going to it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, 
Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Put his love story over, like, the well-being of this monster, mm-hmm. but he never makes the mistake of doing that. So it's right. like... There's literally no moment in the movie where he's even in the wrong. So it's like all you're rooting for is, I guess, the fate of this monster that you don't really care about. But 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 Urban Belleville. I think there's also threw in references that weren't that weren't like actually metaphorical. You just nailed it. That's why I hate the show. And I was like one of the only notes I wrote down. Right, but like, it's, it's <laughs> this show. This yeah, show, I, I, I movie of, dick oh, referencing oh, fucking show. Uh, 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 I, oh, uh, <laughs> referencing this show. Uh, with a fuck, did I write it down? Uh, well, I, I I did write. I used to watch the show mostly because nothing else is on. This is a complete nothing burger of a property. <laughs> no, Kenny, you you were right. Like the fact that the show was about taking like the mundane middle school experience or whatever, and then attributing these like superhero, like massive stakes. That is a concept, but like the existence of a supernatural being in that context is like, is completely violates what the show is. Yes. In a way that is just, yeah. Like, these kids found a fucking monster, Teddy, and they seemed nonplussed about it. They don't seem to fucking care. So this yeah. is. <laughs> so I, I read through my notes again. Okay. I, I I hate this show because it's all quirk, but no jokes. And it's all apropos of nothing, right? So they think someone seems to think that calling this monster Herman Melville is just funny because it is, but it's not. It's just quirky. And so many, like, I think Judy, who's uh, Doug's sister, is conceptually a funny character, right? But you don't put her in any situation that, that, allows her to riff upon it to find the games with it to build upon this you know seed of a joke like like a like a, a slam she's not a slam poet she's like a beat poet a beat poet in this world okay that's kind of funny and one of the reasons it reminded me of the monster of the iron giant was you remember we did the episode with emily and libby the the main male character aside from the kid is a beatnik yep right and beatniks don't really exist anymore but the iron giant existed in a world where a beatnik could be a character Roger is basically playing on this archetype too a little bit, right? Roger's kind of James Dean gone bad, right? Judy is kind of playing on something that doesn't exist anymore, like this beat poet from like the 60s or 70s. Like there's there are ideas there that you can like build upon and have fun with, but they don't do that because the tone of the show is so blah. Like I, I also in my notes, I just said it's white noise of television. It's yeah. like it's just it is it's just one of the easiest shows to put on and zone out to. Yep. And maybe, and I'll tell you honestly, like if I were high, I might've enjoyed this a little more and maybe I found some shit in there, but no, the, not this one. I don't, the other thing like that, that we should mention because it's the only other thing that's remotely interesting about the show is that people seem to think that Skeeter is black, right? Mm-hmm. People like are like, Oh, Skeeter's black. Uh, he's a black character. I don't even like like Jim Jenkins, the creator, said he's he's not meant to be black and no one's meant to be anything. And uh-huh. Roger is green and there are pink characters and and they he chose colors kind of at random uh, in an effort to make race uh, irrelevant in this world. Um, and that's who I think this guy is, right? Like I think like what it comes down to, I think he's I I think like he's just on some. Uh, I'm going to do it for no real reason. It's all irrelevant, and um, 
it makes the show well, significantly just, less interesting that way. Well, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And it, and it does show a guy who's just sort of like, like just wants to play it right down the middle, isn't really interested in saying anything with this show either. Or at least that's the impression I got from this movie, which is because I have could not tell you what the fuck this film is actually trying to say. Like, I don't know what the message of this movie what is. What does Google say? It's, it, it, yeah, they, and you're 100% right. What does Google say the movie's about? Uh, well, I read the synopsis earlier. Which is that there's a school dance approaching oh, yeah. and Skeeter is trying to find proof of a monster. But I, I'll just say this uh, for just a slight bit more context. Uh, Doug's first movie is 26% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, 28% from audiences. Roger Ebert gave it one and a half stars. Said Doug's first movie is thin, is a thin and less than thrilling feature length version of a Saturday morning animated series, Unseen by Me. Chatter on the web suggests it was originally intended to go straight to video, but was rechanneled to theaters after the startling success of the Rugrats movie. Since Doug originally started on Nickelodeon, where the Rugrats resides, the decision made sense, or it would have made sense had they made a better movie. Um, I want to pivot to something that is perhaps the only interesting thing about this film, or at least in terms of the making of this film, and Teddy had obviously love to hear your thoughts on this. This was the last traditionally animated film to be animated with cells rather than digital ink and paint process being used for other traditionally animated films of the time. So Doug does hold some weird place in history as the final, one of the final films uh, animated that way. Um, And I have to say the old school animation of it is kind of lovely, but it's really the only thing that's even remotely interesting about this film. They probably, I mean, it probably was proof that that didn't make a fucking difference. (laughs) (laughs) And well, that was fun. Yeah. Hearing about the fact that it was canceled and this was like the last chance for the show. Like, this is one of the worst. I mean, I don't know this guy, so I don't want to like talk shit about him 22 years later, but like, as far as like, like going down swinging. This is one of the worst efforts I've ever seen in my life. Like, well, he, but he did think it was just going to be a straight to video thing is my guess. Right. Like if you think you're making a straight to video movie two, two and a half years after your show has been canceled, like how much effort are you going to put into it? I mean, based on how hard it was to make this short form <laughs> six episode show, I just made a lot. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, like I think that what you just said also is very interesting because like thinking about it, it hasn't. It's not about anything. Like right. it's it's literally not. And there's no lasting feeling, memory, iconic moment. Like yeah. it just made me like not want to ever watch a show that I had positive associations with before I started watching the movie. So, I will say, and I, I, I want to just uh, very quickly, you guys watched it with children. Yeah. And I think it speaks fucking volumes that none of these kids was remotely interested. Now, admittedly, you know, listen, it's been 22 years. I'm sure they were kind of bored by the look of the film, perhaps, and any number of other things. So I'm sure that there's that. But, like, they weren't attached to Doug. They weren't attached to these characters. I mean, they were just like, Layla, fuck this Layla movie. They did think okay. the monster was cute. So the monster okay, came out and she gave an ah, like that. Ah, uh, uh, something like that. But like, <laughs> it was a good looking monster. I didn't, I didn't watch it with my three-year-old who, yeah. who may have liked it, who really right. loved the Iron Giant. So right. maybe that would have worked for him. But like, there's just nothing there. It's just like, it's, it's yeah. dumb. But the thing, the, the other thing it's I want to make, the other point I want to make is I, I, I feel like when we put this up on social media, this is the kind of thing that people are going to get animated about. People do have positive associations with Doug, with Nicktoons, with Nickelodeon at this time. (laughs) And I was the biggest Nick kid there is. I, 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 there was like a, Nick was like a religion to me, right? I came home, I put on Nickelodeon. I watched everything they had to offer. It mattered to me a lot. And I'm basically here to say not all nostalgia is good. Yeah. Like some things that are nostalgic just are, and not even, there's, this is the least problematic show of all time. So it has nothing to do with that. This just isn't good. This isn't quality. Right. And so I, I can't just like, as someone who experienced it in the moment and, you know, had like fine memories of it, uh, I, I'm kind of, I feel good that I'm not just like, blindly saying everything I watched as a child holds up or but, is good or whatever. 
the, the thing that's like even the most infuriating aspect of this whole process is that like it's still unclear whether this is like in like a tonal and narrative um, representation of the show. So like, it's hard to tell, like, because that, that's it, fair. It, yeah. So fair. it's, it just is annoying that we watch this movie. I mean, this movie was horrible. Can that I, was I, 1999's <laughs> fault. That's not our fault. That's yeah. all. Can I, I, so I mentioned this to Kenny as, as I was watching the film, um, I, I tend to cut and paste the Wikipedia plot synopsis into the documents so that I just have a framework to work off of. Um, this Wikipedia <laughs> synopsis was undoubtedly written by a child. Um, and just, and, and, and it is, it's, it is tremendous. Um, I'm going to read you a sentence. This is one sentence. When he does that, Bluff catches Doug and Skeeter in front of Crystal Lake after Hermit escapes into it and starts to enslave them, promising to make their lives a living nightmare, but is silenced and told off by his own daughter, Bibi, who defends her friends before then being confronted by Mrs. Dink, who hints at Bluff (laughs) facing a massive lawsuit from the federal government for polluting Lucky Dake Lake that could bankrupt him and Bluff Co. unless he agrees to clean up the lake. That's one sentence. sentence. I mean, it is... is tremendous i mean i love wikipedia we all know that wikipedia is not you know gospel by any means but they didn't there was no filter whatsoever they're just like yeah no that's fine you can just put whatever the fuck you want on there for doug's fucking synopsis wild it's true it's really it's really something uh pretty fantastic i just read another another yeah um, please yeah <laughs> then he, after Herman jumps back into the leg, Doug tells Patty he likes her, and Roger almost becomes friends with Doug, but is interrupted by the robot. <laughs> <laughs> the Wikipedia is, the synopsis is good. There's it's also good. It's better than the movie. Robot. I have no idea how he showed up. <laughs> Purpose. I mean, so. there's there's just really great stuff. Like at the school dance, he has to make the biggest choice of his life: going after Patty or saving Herman. I mean, it's it. Listen, this synopsis was more I, I entertaining than you, the- that is the biggest choice of his life. <laughs> it's also thinking about how like lazy the storytelling was. Like, Ugh. it's crazy that they decided to replace like a memorable villain in Roger with just someone <laughs> named Guy. <laughs> 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 How fucking lazy is that? <laughs> Who made that choice? Like, like they literally have a great TV villain who could have easily played that role. Yeah, I do. I, mean, I do feel like that that happens in these movie adaptations a lot, where of of shows or cartoons or whatever. Like The Simpsons, I'm I think brought in some random ass fucking person to be the villain in that movie. I think I'm thinking about the first Scooby Doo where. Instead of someone, you know, whose face they rip off, it's, spoiler, Scrappy-Doo. So, um, they do. I kind of like the first Scooby-Doo movie. Yeah, Scrappy's the villain. Scrappy's the villain. I like the first Scooby-Doo movie. It's not that bad. Well, the villain is really bad. The villain's really bad. I was never a Scooby-Doo guy. I was a Doug's guy. (laughs) (laughs) You You shouldn't say that out loud, man. Scooby's so much better than Doug. It's not even like a question. Let's uh, good, man. Like I literally remember just like eating like Domino's pizza and watching Doug and being like, I am a happy kid. Like I, I don't think I I truly don't think anybody ever chose to watch Doug. I think Doug was just something that was on. Can I just say that the picture you just painted, Teddy, of yourself watching Doug made me think of Bill watching Gary Shandling and Freaks and Geeks and just like laughing his face off and having the greatest yeah. time of his life. Or Dallas. <laughs> also, dude, like I lived in I grew up in New York City. So I was sure. like I was like, whoa, is this what it's like to go to school in a suburban environment? It seems all right. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much what it was like. It was where does Doug take place? Like, where is it supposed to take place? Some like, is it Midwest? It feels Midwesty. Down. All right. You want to just rate this? And, <laughs> can we just rate know. this and move on with our lives? That's I'm, crazy I'm, that it's on that you can't think of the location. Me? 
No, no, I mean, I don't know that it's a real oh, place. No, 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 it took place in Bluffington. I mean, I knew that. No, but no, but I mean, like, is that Illinois? Like, oh no, it's a. You mean like blood? Like no, no like, a, is it meant to be Midwest? I've, I've I've literally never thought of that. Is it like Springfield? I think it's well. I think it's really like yeah, like Springfield, I guess, in some in the sense that it's like any town USA, right? But yeah, it's Bluffington. I mean, there's got to be you know, they, they there's there's some there's some uh, Pottersville going on there. You know, the fucking head of the town or this the biggest CEO named the town after himself. Like that's not a nice place to grow up. I wouldn't yeah. want to grow up where there's a family that the town is named after that still like runs the biggest company, but uh, but you know. It's crazy. Like I, I find myself sort of like tempted to watch the series, but I also know I'm not going to. It would be hard to find. Oh, maybe you can find it. <laughs> it on, might be on uh, Disney Plus. Plus now. Well, not the Disney, not the uh, Nickelodeon ones. The Nickelodeon ones are oh, still right, 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 right. With Nick, uh, I mean the, the allegedly good ones. I um, there's no one in this movie that I'd want to hang out with. I wouldn't want to live in this town. Like this is not a place I'd want to be. Um, so I think uh, the, right. last, the last point yeah. that I want to make is um, Kenneth Lonergan got his start as a writer on Doug. Of all, I people. mean, you got to start somewhere. You do have to start somewhere. It also goes to show there's, <laughs> there's, there's no such thing as a bad job in, in entertainment. It also goes to show there's kind of nowhere to go, but up. That's true. When you start on Doug. All right. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go yeah, first. You go, 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 please. Here's what I wrote. I think this is quite bad, quite in uh, caps. <laughs> I honestly dislike this movie. It feels mean to go too low because it's so innocuous innocuous and, ephem- and ephemeral. But still, I just don't like that I even had to watch it. I'm giving it an 18. Okay. That, uh, which, which feels a little bit like taking, you know, taking some nerds lunch money. But like... This the nerd deserves it. Right, the nerd deserves it. I, I don't. I don't disagree with you. I. I. This. I'll be completely frank. I. This took two sittings to get through for me. Uh, I started it. I watched about forty minutes of it, and then I was like, "Fuck this! I got other things to do. I'll come back to this." And then I, you know, finished finished it uh, shortly before we recorded this. Um, this was a miserable experience. Uh, <laughs> it, it really. It, it really was knowing nothing about Doug, so having no affinity for Doug. Um, and being forced to spend time with him and his fucking monster and his friends sucked. Um, I gave it a 20, but having spoken with you guys, I'm, I'm going with you, Kenny. I'm riding with an 18. I don't I'm think it deserves it. Yeah, I, I don't think it deserves anything more than that. Um, and, and I would also just say, too, like, I, I, I could agree with you more, Kenny, that, like, some nostalgia just shouldn't exist. And sometimes we just just leave, this, it, this just, is, just leave it back there. And it should be it. This movie was a movie that should have been dumped in fucking straight to video, and they should. I, I understand the LA Times article that you read, Kenny, and I think it's justified that Disney was like, maybe, like it's worth the shot, I guess. Um, yeah. But fuck them for making us watch this movie. Yeah, Teddy, that feels that feels also like it reflects a time where Disney might not have known what it was because, like, yes, I feel like the quality control is what like is the signature of Disney movies. Like you can ultimately expect some level of quality yep. from everything. Um, so it's, it felt it, that actually feels like a, like a poor, like a poor branding decision by Disney yep. in many ways. Um, first of all, how funny would it have been if like someone cut a trailer that was like from the guy that brought you, Doug analyze this and the adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle <laughs> Manchester by the sea. <laughs> Because <laughs> <laughs> he also wrote on, on analyze this with like Peter Peter Tolan. Yeah. Peter yeah. yeah. I mean like it's like that's a great group great 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 group. But yeah, that yeah. is where a lot of it came from. I wonder yeah. if this dude like had like a conversation with his agent and he was like, You almost ruined my life, like you're fired, and then moved on that to like gangs of New York. Um I I don't know. I'll give it I guess I'll give it like a fifteen or something. Like I feel <laughs> I feel bad that it's like dick that, that it's caused me to like like I didn't the thing is I didn't need to soil my my feelings uh about Doug. Um because I, I in I like if it. someone would ask me about it, I would have been like, Yeah, I love that theme song. 
Um, and I vaguely remember parts of it being nice, but now I'm going to have to like tell people that I don't like it. Um, (laughs) I, when I asked you, when I asked you if you would do Doug's first movie, I did not think I was, uh, causing you pain and suffering. I assumed you were a Doug kid because you know, you're my age and you grew up at the same time and you're obviously a Nick kid. And uh, I assumed that this would be a nice stroll down memory lane. And all it did was remind me that watching Doug was never a pleasurable experience when I was a kid. It was what I did when I had nothing else to do. And it beat like fucking C-SPAN. Also, dude, like my, my, like Will's, like my niece and nephew who, uh, um, their parents is like one of Kenny's really good friends. Um, Like they really think I'm cool because I like work in TV and movies and stuff. And I could tell that at the end they were like, "Whoa, like this is part. This is what you get up to. <laughs> like this is this is." Your- <laughs> oh man! <laughs> wait, wait. Is, is, how, how quickly did you tell them it was for my podcast? I I don't. I told them, but they. I don't think they understood. Like, and I I feel as if like going into the my trip, recent trip to New York, like I was definitely ten out of ten cool with them, and now I. Think so I'm this like a tarnished your reputation as well. Because they can never watch anything I've written because it's all like R-rated. Uh, this is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, this is the first thing I've introduced them to. That's rough. That's, That's rough. amazing. Yeah. Um, so, Teddy, tell us about your your animated show. Yeah, um, sure. And it, how how we can watch it? Hopefully, that's awesome. um, it's on. It'll be um, it's available on Sci Fi on Demand, and the, the series finale is like uh, next Wednesday, so you can watch it all like um, in the lead up to the final episode. But it's basically like um, a short form, heavily serialized version of Succession or Game of Thrones set on the North Pole. Awesome. And it's I, I do actually like it because I think that it's it's like uh it's like a I hopefully a a new version of short form um because like the storylines that we sort of like balance in 12 minute episodes are kind of insane and I think that like that I'm hoping is what people take from the series cuz like it is it's just a really complicated show. Um, and that might mean it's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I'll have to see what people think. I mean, what, what I'm taking away is that it's a dense, a densely, uh, you know, written 12 minutes. So, I mean, yeah, for you, sure. you got to pay attention. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, truthfully, this the show is about, like, it basically is about if Bill Clinton had done the right thing in the Monica Lewinsky scandal, if that would have played out differently in American politics, it's essentially what the show is about. But on the the North pole. Yeah. Because like when we were creating the character of Santa Claus, we Mm -hmm. really wanted it to be like a stand in for an American president. And like the more we thought about like what characteristics related to, uh, our recent presidents in American history, like the good times, jolly, um, Mm. but also sin prone, like, um, uh, that that sounds like Clinton. Yeah. It really, it immediately, um, sort of like, like lent itself to Clinton corollaries. And then we kind of like, we, we wrote on this other show called Pam and Tommy, which is like kind of about, um, which is about to be shot has come out on Hulu in the fall. And it's kind of about like, um, a lot of the show is about just sort of the, 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 the filter of sexism, uh, through which celebrity was, um, portrayed in the media in the nineties. So like when I was, when I was writing on that show, I read a lot about like what the media climate was. And that kind of like got me into, uh, re- reading about, um, sort of like the birth of this form of, po- of partisan politics in America, like, with the creation of C-SPAN and then how like Newt Gingrich basically like um, made uh, like house and like Senate proceedings into like theater in a sense. Um, So to me, like my thesis is that like um, 
is that like the Republicans really were able to point to Bill Clinton as like uh, um, a personification of the left's hypocrisy and have used that for years. And like Mm -hmm. the show kind of like unpacks that. And if he had done the right thing, like what Republicans might've, might've said. So I'm sure they, I'm I'm sure they still would have lied their way through whatever the situation was. Who knows? That's kind of what the show is at the end of the series. So it is, again, it's like, I, it's, it's been like hard to explain what the show's about because it's so, it really, like that sort of element of it really does not reveal itself to the end. So I'm kind of trying to like, get people to watch it now that it's all airing. Cause like, right. it really is, it really doesn't crystallize until the end of the season in a, in a way that like, um, it kind of reminds me hopefully of like that show American Vandal, like in tone and also sure. in terms of like the way it sort of hit you with like what it was like, what it's like being in high school during the era of social media. Um, shows, shows the best. It sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, and and people thanks. can, people can watch it on sci-fi. Yeah, yeah sci-fi. Yeah, it's available like on various NBC Universal platforms. I'm like, hoping yeah. that it'll be on Peacock soon. But I, yeah, go. I would I would say the easiest way to watch it is on Sci-Fi on Demand. Well, cool. um, thank you for coming on to talk with us about this classic 1999 film, uh, Doug's first movie. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.